0: This is Splice. Anand. Hello. Hi. Hey, you
1: Hey, Anand. It. It's good to meet you. This is Rishad.
2: Hello, Rishad. How are you?
1: Very good. Thank you so much for making it onto Telegram. I understand this is your first time.
2: Yes.
0: Good. This is uh, pretty straightforward to use. So, hopefully. Um... It all works out. So, we're, we're going to give it a couple more minutes. People are still coming into this uh, voice <coughs> chat. Hey, uh, yeah. can I check how to pronounce your last so name? So,
2: um, the Mongolian pronunciation would be tumurtoga, tumurtoga. So Tumurthoga.
1: Um, Tumurthoga. Yes. Yep.
2: Oh, You got it. That's it. Yes. It's, it's my uh, father's first name.
1: Oh, so, that's how it works. Got it.
2: Yes. Yes. So, my kids would use my first name as their last name. It's a, a patronomic uh, system uh, right that's, that's that's
1: the word right yeah
2: for, for oh. us it's I think we adopted it from the Russians. Uh, we used to have uh, like a, a, like a tribal name like that's um, the, the, that's the name that I use on, on my um, uh, social media that uh, uh that's that's my family name. If if I would have used my family, that would be my family name. That's the thing I, I I want to see a change in Mongolia. I would say, like we, uh, uh the discontinue using the patronomic system and use the use our old uh, tribal names. But it would be very right. difficult, I guess, because lots of people imagine. don't know their actual tribes.
0: uh let's say good morning to everybody who's who's just joined us. We're gonna kick this off soon. Uh, good morning to Juni, to Jeanette, to Francois, Jeanette. to Mithil, who was on the show
1: Mithil three is weeks there. Ago. Welcome, Splice Lo-Fi, everybody. It's September 17, 2021, just to put a, a date on things. As you know, this is our weekly live audio check-in with the Splice community, just to see what you guys are up to. And this is the 22nd time we're doing this, my God. Um, we're recording this, and uh, so that we can put this out later as a podcast episode. Please speak openly here. Uh, but if you do want to be taken off the record, please let us know. We'll edit you out in post. Otherwise, this is going to go out on the internet right after this recording. Uh, if you want to put yourself on mute, if you're not speaking, um, make everybody's, everybody else's sound better. But please remember to unmute when you do speak. Always a good idea. This is a conversation, and that's how we want to plan this. It's not all about Alan, uh, Alan's voice, or my voice. Uh, and so, we'd love to hear your questions. Please just jump in whenever. Type your question into the Telegram group chat, and we'll be happy to represent it for you. Whatever you, whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, if you can't stick around for the whole thirty minutes, we're going to keep this short. Just look it up in your podcast app. Just look for Splice LoFi.
0: And today we're talking with Alman Tur I knew I was gonna mess that one up, even though I've written this up. Uh to a freelance yes. journalist based in Mongolia. Yay! Uh, we had a really great chat with with Anand yesterday. This is part of uh we we actually came across uh Anand, I think uh, it must have been uh late last year. I think it was it was in December. On it was a workshop. It was a virtual workshop that that was done about uh Mongolian media. Uh and now we're we're actually working on a media mapping project to understand better what are some of the ecosystem gaps that are going on in in Mongolia, uh, learning from that and putting all that into a report. So yesterday, we had a really great chat with with Anand, and it was so good that we absolutely have to uh, to get him here on uh, Spice Lofi. Anand, thanks for taking the uh, the time to talk to us today.
2: Thank you, Alan, and thank you for the, that that uh, great uh, appraisal. And it was also great talking to you yesterday and thank you for having me.
0: So one, one of the, the, the best things about uh, talking about Mongolia is that we have absolutely no idea about how the media market works uh, and, you know, and, and what, what that landscape looks like. Mm-hmm. Can you briefly, kind of quickly explain to, to all of us who've not had the chance to really you know, read up and understand about, about Mongolia, what, what do we need to know about how media works in Mongolia?
2: So um, we have to start from uh, where Mongolia became a, a democracy in the in the nineteen uh, ninety and w- when uh, we disavowed communist rule and all wanted to become a, a democratic nation. And I think then, uh, after that, uh, the, the press in the country became more liberal and more open. But uh, that also brought about some issues of like uh, uh, yellow press journalism that was very common in the early 90s. And, and starting from there that uh, we, we thought that maybe uh, the country would also, um, the, the capital market would, would push away bad journalism. But eventually what happened was that uh, the, the powerful people who who took in all of the wealth and powers? They they saw um, media as a as a tool for the, for them to showcase their own messaging. So what ended up happening is that Mongolia is now oversaturated with way too many media companies. And what ended up happening is that a good journalism got drowned out in, in, in a sea of uh, of bad takes on on on. Uh, on, on just uh, press briefings and uh, media releases and also uh, clarifications on on bad on, on, on bad doers on, on on good reporting so that that is just like the basic gist of what what is here in Mongolia like we uh, we are of uh, emerging like a emerging market in, in the news and and everything else and uh, uh and yeah i think that that's basically it i would say and uh, i could probably clarify more
1: things uh, as we t- talk along but that's a great summary i mean i love the fact that you're saying good journalism got drowned out in a sea of bad takes you know yes. i mean that is i mean that if that isn't quotable i don't know what is um, <laughs> um beautifully summarized uh, anand um you know, I I read your uh, Alan shared your article um, where you wrote for Unbiased the News, um, mm. and I met Tabia Grishik, uh, the person who runs it, at a at a conference a couple of years ago when we still could go to conferences, and I bought the book and I thought it was amazing. Um, but you wrote about um, stereotypes, right, in Mongolia, and you yes. know, I mean. Uh, let's make a list here. Uh, there's a whole bunch of Mongolia stereotypes, right? Everybody plays polo is surely one of them, right?
2: <laughs> I don't know about that stereotype, uh, but I, I guess there's a stereotype like that. I guess, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of stereotypes of of we are we ride horses to schools uh, that we all live in in our uh, traditional. that's like a little like um like tents like our traditional like tent homes and they're very we're very like uh calm and peaceful people that live off the land and all those all those things that that those are the basic stereotypes of mongolia which is some of it is is kind of true but there's also a lot of nuances got uh, usually missing in, in those kind of stories i would say and it's Mainly uh, from the again from the gaze of from from foreign perspective of of them just coming here and looking at things from a from a glance where everything looks fine and dandy, but if you look at the deeper picture of things, there's there's so many issues that uh, that that the the regular Mongolian even the the traditional like the nomadic herder Mongolians face
1: day to day. Yeah, I can imagine one of the things you wrote about there, which really, we, we've had these conversations with a lot of uh, journalists um, around the world, not surprisingly, but you mentioned in that article, uh, you said your wife and you, uh, who, both of you cover stories uh, for, of Mongolia for the rest of the world. Yes. Uh, you wanted to write about, you know, journalists who co- uncovered corruption. And yes. every publication you said that you pitched the story to, Either didn't Mm -hmm. reply, or I'm quoting directly, or told me the story wasn't relevant. My wife got the same answer. What's up with that?
2: Uh, I don't know. At first, we were hoping, like, okay, this is such a great story. Like, in in my mind, I I just thought, like, okay, every publication that we pitched to would probably get it. Like, so so we um, at the beginning we we looked high, and then. Uh, and then no response, and we pegged it down a little bit, and then there was no response and then we just basically gave up on on pitching it and maybe we could have uh, pitched it more. Uh, maybe somebody would have taken it, but it was just so disheartening to see like um, like publications that we thought that might actually th- would be a good fit for the story did not take the story. It was just it was quite quite disheartening to hear that and just it, it, it questions it it I don't know like it 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 kind of disheartened me to look at the landscape like okay I need to um, play into the stereotypes a little bit also and maybe that's maybe how I will get my stories out but that that's kind of a like a little bit of a lose, lose like a little bit of a loose situation like you lose a little bit and 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 gain maybe. I'm I'm trying to like you lose like two steps to gain just one step you know, so that that's that's one of the things that was quite disheartening for me I would say to, to tell to tell the story. Yeah, stories. that
0: that must be so frustrating. Uh, yeah. Have you ever had a a time where y- where you came across a, uh, a a commissioning editor who was so driven on these stereotypes that you decided you know screw this I don't need this and you walked away?
2: Oh, let me think. Um, hmm. I don't think there was though. Like, I think I took all of the commissions they, that they asked me. I, uh, I think uh, for me, I, in the beginning I, I just ran along with it. I didn't think it was a big issue, but later on I saw there was, there was some stereotypes they, they wanted to play on. But thankfully most of the, the people that I worked with were very open and keen to listening to what I had to say and wanted to see my perspective and, uh, Along the way, I, I changed their perspective on, on things and uh, told a better story. And maybe there was some some stereotypes included, but still, it, it was a way better story than what they have initially thought about of doing. Basically,
0: so I, I'm intrigued. I mean, you know, there I can imagine in a market like like Mongolia, uh, at some point uh, you're going to have a lot of people who, well, not maybe not a lot, but you'll have other people who start writing about Mongolia for for a foreign press. Yes. What kind of advice do you have for someone who's getting into that space uh, that you currently occupy? You know how how will you how will you coach them into into trying to set the right example of what Mongolia is like to a foreign media Oof. and a client, obviously.
2: <laughs> that is a very difficult question because I did not start out as a. As a like a, a a good person of of, of good um, journalists who portrayed Mongolian in a good light,
0: uh,
2: in a way, uh, oh, God, I would I would
0: well, we them, we all kind of learn as we go, I guess. Yes, right?
2: yes. Uh, I would I would tell them that um, if it doesn't feel right with you, like the things they're requesting you about your own country and in your own a uh, culture, I, I think you need to uh speak speak out on on it and say like no that is not how it is in here and that's not actually what is the story here and, and maybe give a little bit of pushback and not give into what what the people are requesting uh, what they want you to do i think that would be good i think if they're respectful they would listen to you and, and most of the time i think they are from from my experience that is though so that they, they will respect your voice and, and, and your um, opinions and will we'll work with you in that light. I, I think in, in my mind is that you need to speak up on, on the things that were not uh, correctly mentioned in, in what, what the um, commissioner or the person who wants to tell a story on, on your
1: culture or, or, your, or your country wants to do. So I guess it's about changing the narrative, right? I, I guess you know you were you were telling us earlier about how you know there's this resurgence of, of this huge huge uh, amount of media companies starting up in in Mongolia, and I guess that at some stage there's going to be the big reckoning, right? There's there's going to be this rush of media owned by people with business polit- political interests, and and uh, which are the stories we're hearing, but at some stage when when audiences are you know uh, are able to tell the good from the bad or are able to segment themselves into areas of interest and niches i guess at some stage there will be some leveling out right like a (laughs) a, like a v2 of of mongolian journalism perhaps
2: i'm hoping that comes i think we are uh, i think we're actually on that v2 and we're just looking for that v3 at the moment, I think the V1 was was the yellow press that was really damning to our country uh, in in terms of of journalism, and the, that that essence has not left left our our journalism, our reporting uh, <clears throat> in our country. And I'm I'm just hoping that 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 other perspective of people wanting good journalism comes soon. And we we kind of saw that with the with the um, the story that I want to do about local journalists uncovering uh, corruption. That was a really good story because what, what it did is that it gave the, the local journalists who uncovered that um, corruption um, a lot of credibility. And after that, there was numbers that showed that that uh, media organization was really trusted. And a lot of people went to their website to, to look up the news, even if they were sparse in some areas people still went there first if there was some kind of breaking news. So that's, that's kind of a, um, uh, a, a good sign in, in my mind that uh, that, people, uh, that people want good reporting. And I think a lot of other journalists saw that and said like, okay, we need to um, some way, uh, uh, some way like copy that model. And to do good reporting but there's still some bad players who who aren't um you know, want to do that they just want the the, the easy bucks or the or just the, uh uh the limelight in a way uh
0: this is a good time to bring in some questions who's got questions for Anand? hi this is juni here um Anand, i'm
2: wondering about the relationship with china you know how much I guess interests and, and your need practically neighbors and um, you know how is China viewed and, and I guess handled in the media mm, that's that's a very good question China uh, for culturally China um, isn't looked upon greatly in Mongolia uh, historically we we were taught Chinese are our, our enemies that they're the people who um, who took away our freedoms they did ruled over for uh, around like 200 years over Mongolia. So they're not seen as, and in a good light, they, they're they seen as very bad people though. But um, reporting wise, they're uh, they're mainly focused on, on the economy side, not around the, the cultural sides of things. And I think because of that, there's just a lot of um, um, like hate towards, like xenophobia towards Chinese people uh, and not wanting to be associated with, with with the Chinese, but the thing is that China is our our perpetual neighbor. We cannot we cannot say like, oh, we don't want to be friends with China because they're they're right next to us. They're the only neighbors that we can probably rely on the most e- economically, and probably culturally. They're probably the most closest things to us uh, in 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 terms of the uh, of other regions. And yeah, China is not looked upon great in Mongolia, And but the reporting here on China is mainly on on the political and in the eco- economic side, and um, n- n- nothing much there though. Like, there's not much big uh, uh, reporting on China. And what about Russia? Geopolitics are being sandwiched between two powers. Uh, Russia, uh, I think now people are seeing Russia in what they are, kind of uh, exploiters of Mongolia and uh, 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 of an old regime that still wants to be in control of Mongolia, but there's still some people who are holding on to the belief that the Russians are our uh, our compatriots, our our comrades, our our brothers in arms, and... uh,
0: uh, in reality
2: they are the, the biggest uh they're the country that uh that pegs us like i don't know how the to say that. like they, they're they the country that um that pushes down our growth more than china in, in a sense uh like we our economy our main economy is based on exporting a lot of uh, uh mineral goods and that, that mineral goes usually goes to china and uh we could have done a lot of things to, that, to improve our exports to China, but there was some lot of internal politics that maybe Russia had some involvement in or something, but uh, Russia is, is trying to dominate that market and, and just push us away from uh, getting into, pushing more things to China, I would say. So Russia is not a, a good player, but people here still see them as our our, our friends
0: very good uh who I else had has a, a quick question, question.
1: Yeah, I had a quick go question. for it uh... <laughs> So thanks, Ananda for sharing this. Um, my question would be that: Have you, per, since you're a freelancer, have you personally encountered any issues that, that since you mentioned before also that Mongolia is kind of looked at as a backdrop for exotic pictures for travel journalists and mostly in the context of China or Russia? So yes. have you encountered any issues in terms of, let's say, putting out stories which are particularly about Mongolia's internal things or culture or or, or anything that has nothing to do with China or Russia? Or or the landscape, like have publications been kind of re- reluctant, sort of commission these kind of pieces? Uh, uh,
2: uh, uh, surprisingly, no. Though, like, if m- my first take into like reporting on on Mongolia was, I've I pitched a a story about uh, local artists in Mongolia to um, to, to a, a, a like a, a like a art magazine in, that was based in China and they 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 took it in and and that was my first uh, step into like reporting about Mongolia and also there's some stories that that I thought that would never be get published in in a foreign publication but 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 they took it because it was so interesting and so fascinating to them and uh, uh, to me at the moment is that um, it's all about pitching that a good story I would say and maybe also having some kind of um, but like knowing the, the editor in, in some way or fashion, because I, I've seen stories that were just really bad, and and this and I've and I've I pitched to the same publication about a different story that was probably in my mind it was better, I and mean, just and I didn't know why that bad story got taken, and and I, and I thought, okay, this person probably had some connections with the editor, and so, uh, I yeah, I would say that. If there's um, at Mongolia, there's just a plethora of good stories that you can tell as long as you know uh, the nuances of it and maybe just uh, also has some connection to the editors.
0: Very good. All right. Well, with that one, unless we've got any more last questions, I think we're going to wrap this one up just because we're kind of closing in on the clock here. Um, five, four. Nope, nobody. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us today on Splice Lofi. If you missed this one live, you're going to find this recording in your favorite podcast app or on splicemedia.com. Hit subscribe as well on the podcast. That's always nice because it gets us a little bit more reach, uh, which is always nice uh, in a very crowded space. Uh, But also tell us who you'd like to hear on Splice Lofi, and we're going to catch you next Friday at 11 a.m. Singapore time. Have a great weekend, everybody. And thank you again, Anand.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Thanks, Anand. Anand. Thank you, everybody. This is Splice. Splice. I was thinking in there, you know, he was like, he's saying, like, you know, I don't know who to pitch these media stories to. And, you know, we tried everywhere, the foreign press. And I was like, I was, uh, you know, slacking you on the side and saying, pitch it to us. We want media stories. So, if, can you in fact, if you're like out there that? listening, I know, right? Uh, it goes right hand in hand with what we're doing with our media market audit in Mongolia right now.
0: So much to learn, uh, and hopefully next week we can we can do a follow up on uh, on Mongolia. <sighs> Ooh, that would be fantastic! Yes, right. bring out
1: we'll, one of we'll bring save out that, all those. We'll save that one yeah. for now. We'll see yeah. if that works out. Excited about that. All right. Bye, buddy. Bye.